Welcome to Training for Manhood, an ongoing exploration and adventure intended to be fast, fun, and formative for guys who desire to be the best men they can. Young or old, there are always areas for improvement, growth, and maturity. We hope you'll pay attention and put into practice the useful advice you hear on this podcast. But remember, the goal isn't just to listen, but to do what you learn. Welcome to Training for Manhood. All right, welcome back to Training for Manhood. Gabe, Mike, myself. Um, fourth session uh, on uh, Point Man, How a Man Can Lead His Family by Steve Farrar. Uh, final three chapters of the book, chapters 9, 10, and 11. Um, chapter 9, um, and, and we're reading, we should say this, right? We're reading the revised edition, right? The, the first edition that came out, it's kind of like a red cover book. Um, back in the uh, the early 90s, um, has, has a couple of different chapters in terms of like titles and things that he, he wrestled with. Uh, he talked about, right, this is the uh, revised and updated uh, edition. Uh, and chapter nine is kind of a, um, a, a focus, right? This is, this is a book about men and about men raising men. Um, but if you're going to be a point man for your family, uh, there's a lot of men out there that have daughters, uh, and so the, the concept is going to be, um, you know, or how are you how are you raising your daughters? Um, you know, so he, he spends time with marriage. Right. And then, you know, how do you make, you know, masculine boys? Um, but uh, um, he wants to talk about in Chapter nine um, girls. And uh, and so um, I have a daughter. Um, Mike, you have none. I'm married to a girl. I'm married. Yeah, there you go. There we go. You, um, go. We, you can throw that in. But uh, but on Chapter nine, I think we're going to look at Gabe. And, yes, uh, and we're just going to say Gabe is going to be uh, the expert on Chapter Nine. Um, oh. He he is uh, raising four fantastic, wonderful daughters. He's a girl dad. He's a girl dad. Uh, he's all in, and uh, and uh, we just want to Gabe. We just want to sit and soak in your wisdom uh, on how to how to save the girls. Chapter Nine. Wow. Well, if if there was a lot of wisdom here, I would have wrote written a book yes. about <laughs> saving the girls. Um, but uh, I'm happy to give. Uh, anything that I think is relevant for uh, those men who are also raising girls, uh, I'm happy to give any. Um, I'll, I'll throw this out. Additions uh, yeah, to Robert Wolgamuth actually had a really good book um, that I read before we had Sophie. Um, she calls me Daddy, um, and Wolgamuth does a great job of just saying, "Hey, guys, um, girls are different relationally than, mm-hmm. than boys are." And so, um, one of the one of the super helpful tools is just how to have a conversation with a girl versus how to have a conversation with a boy. Yeah. Um, and a lot of boy conversations, you know, that, that we have, um, you know, you, you know this, right? You start with kind of shoulder, shoulder to shoulder mm-hmm. uh, mentality, right, where you do things with your boys, and then you ca- you kind of get a little bit of face to face conversations as well. And with girls, there's not a lot of shoulder to shoulder; it's a lot of face to face. Yeah. Um, and so, just you know. Learning how to have those conversations with your daughter, um, where you're engaging, right? Where you're asking questions, where you're sitting down and, and, and kind of giving her your attention uh, is a really, really important thing. And so he, he talks about just girls need relational connection, right? Um, girls long for a place to feel safe, right? That's yeah, he kind of has seven fast facts, that yep. being the yep. first one, and two slow ones about different points, which are different in raising girls than, than raising boys. Now yep. I, I will say for me, this chapter, although I only have boys is still terribly helpful because my wife was raised by a man yep. and the, and the, 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 we see this over the sins of the father will be revisited on their children. So you can still get a lot out of this if you only have boys. Yeah. Very because true. I, you know, I see the patterns that my wife had in her relationship with her father that I've got to deal with now. Yeah. 
Yeah, I, I think for me, just just re-looking at this chapter um, this morning, I, I think that um, he mentions in here these three A's that mm. are really important um, whenever you're raising children uh, uh, of yeah. any gender. Yeah. Uh, and so he focuses a lot on these three A's within the boy chapter, and he just says that the same is true for, for girls. Totally. And in fact, I would go so far as to say um, it's really helpful to understand these three A's um, in relation to girls, because they're going to look different in how you do them, uh, because yep. we're wired so much differently than yep. than females. Yep. Uh, the A's are attention, affection, and affirmation. Uh, and to your point, Dan, like much of this is going to happen in face to face interactions rather than shoulder to shoulder. Now, I say that also thinking about my own girls, and we do a lot of shoulder to shoulder activities, yep. and we have a lot of great conversations uh, in the car while we're shooting baskets um, or bumping the volleyball around. Uh, but for the most part, like I, I think of attention and affection and affirmation and all of these things are true, but I've had to, in my almost 16 years of being a girl dad, uh, shift the way that, um, I, I, I exhibit these things, mm-hmm. um, because it's different than how I would have done it should I had had a boy. Yeah. Um, and I think early on when I thought my family only has boys, all my cousins are boys, like, <laughs> like everybody on my side is a boy. And then here I am, I have four girls and it kind of rocked my world. And mm. I had to retrain my brain and really learn uh, a little more about like, what does it mean to interact uh, in a healthy way, but also in an authoritative way uh, with girls. Um, and so these three A's were really, really important for me because uh, girls are, are just as um, needy for attention hmm. from their fathers as boys are. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and I would venture to say that we play as men uh, just as vital a role in their uh, discipleship, but also in uh, in their training and equipping, uh, as we'll look at some of the things that we need to equip them for, um, as as a man would for a boy, yeah. uh, as well as affection looks a little different now yeah. uh, for a girl than it does for a boy. And affirmation, I think, is something that as men, we are poor, uh, by and large, in verbal praise. Um, and I think it's really important, we may hit on this some of, uh, we've got to be really careful with girls on how we praise them and what we praise them for uh maybe more so than boys okay so the the affirmation part i'm glad you said that men are poor at this i'm thinking madagascar um when uh um you know the hippo right you remember that when it's like you know oh moto moto right yeah and he likes the the other hippo and he's like you know you're so big you're so chunky and she's like well what do you like about me and he's like you're so big (laughs) right and and so i think the concept is is right we limit our affirmation to physical appearance Right. You know, oh, I mean, you know, and, and we start this, especially with girls, uh, we talk, we start talking about them in terms of their physical appearance. Right. You know, um, you know, the, oh, they're so, you know, they're so pretty. They're so cute. They're so, I mean, just from young age, all the yeah. way up. And I think the concept, I, I it's weird, right. Um, my sister um, became anorexic um, and um, a lot of that had to do with the fact that she was, um, she was a very, very beautiful girl and spent a lot of time. Um, you know, hearing from people all the time about her physical beauty um, until one day somebody made a comment about um, her appearance uh, in a negative way and she took it and kind of ran with it yeah. in, the, in the opposite direction. And so um, I overreacted to this as a dad having a daughter. Um, I would never let my boys say anything about my daughter's physical appearance. I was like, here's the deal. Find other character qualities to compliment. Yeah. Don't ever talk about a girl's appearance. 
Um, I, I don't think that's necessarily the way to go. I might have you know, gone too far one way. Um, I think it's okay to comment on a girl's physical appearance, right? When a girl looks nice, say, you look nice. Um, you know, that, that's perfectly fine. But I think the counter to that is um, that should be in balance with other characters that you see and you comment on. Yeah, right? if you're only... If you're only looking at one thing... Looking at physical safe. beauty for a girl yep. or only looking at performance for a boy, yep. you've missed the identity of Christ in both of them. Exactly. Mm, like, good. both of those yep. things are transient. Yep. Guess what? Everybody's going to look ugly at the end. Nobody looks pretty in a coffin. And Father Time is undefeated on the ball field. Yep. So if we're only affirming the transient physical characteristics, we have missed the character of God in our, in our children. Yeah. So that, that's a really important thing, because he's going to talk about, um, at the end, he says, girls need to be assured of their innate beauty. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's a, that's a really important thing to, to grasp, that, you know, in this particular culture, you know, uh, raising a daughter, right, Gabe, raising four, um, you know, our wives, the same thing, um, you know, commenting on their physical appearance, um, commenting on their innate beauty, right, who they are in Christ, their character. Um, you know, I think of the, the Proverbs 31 woman, oh, right? Man. It's just... We don't actually really any hear anything about her, you know, outward appearance. We hear a ton about her character and her work ethic, um, and how you know, she helps the family, and how she helps the family, and how she serves, and how she ministers. And I think that's a great reminder, right, for us as as dads. Um, you know, what are we supposed to be raising in our daughters? Um, you know, and and the, and the reality is, is you know, I mean, some are going to be beautiful and. Some are not. It doesn't really matter. The concept is, is you know, for them to reveal the character of Christ, that's their great calling. Yeah. Uh, and so that's what we need to call them to. So um, yeah, can, I, I want to speak really quickly. If we if we're outlining these three A's, affirmation yeah. is huge, yeah. and and everything you guys have said is right. Of speaking on character and their innate beauty uh, that is provided to them by their maker. Yep. Um, I, I, I want to look just for a second because I think it's worth mentioning and really, really important is this attention one mm-hmm. um, is, uh, and as I was reading this, all I could think of was, uh, so uh, my oldest, who is about to turn 16, mm. um, we have a, a running uh, album of pictures of her okay. that uh, are taking, taken every single night. Uh, because every night before she goes to bed, she comes and plops herself on mine and my wife's bed, at, like just at the foot of the bed, and uh-huh. she'll just lay there. And like it, it's been, it, it was interesting when it started. We were like, "Go to bed, go to bed. leave me alone." <laughs> but like it, somehow, this has become like her time. Uh-huh. Yeah. Um, not that she doesn't get our time no, during totally. the day, yeah. but like she's got three sisters and, and they're all younger. And so a, a lot of our time is dedicated towards the younger ones mm-hmm. during the daytime and she's pretty self-sufficient. And, uh, and so now she's figured out, man, this is a time when all the littles are in bed. I can have mom and dad to our, to myself. Yeah. Uh, and so she plops down on our bed every single night and Emily takes a picture of her every single night. And it's hilarious. Sometimes she's got a mask on her way, like all the things that girls do before bed. And so it's so <laughs> funny because in that moment, like, she is vying for our attention. Yeah. Uh, and I bring that up to simply say this, is that it, when it comes to, to those moments, mm. I need to make sure that as tired as I am, mm. Um, mm. as much as I just want to unwind and open my phone or turn on the TV, like to hold those moments captive and yeah. precious, yeah. 
uh, to be able to hear her, uh, mm-hmm. but to also be able to speak to her mm. um, is really, really important. And so I, I said that really to say, uh, men, we have to be really mindful when it comes to giving attention. And this is really to any kid, boy or girl, yep. but yeah. especially to our girls as they want to have face-to-face conversations. They want to see our eyes and not the top of our head as we look down at our phones. Yep. Yeah. Um, and, and so just just that that moment of having her, I mean, at 16, like it, I'm so... I'm so it's by God's grace that she actually wants to have this time with us. Um, and, and I want to make sure that I don't miss it. Yeah. And so I've got to be really, and I, I'm even like reminding my wife, like, Hey, put your phone away. Like, Hey, this, this is our time to get to have with her. Yeah. You got 900 days left of that. Yeah. Uh, it, that's the moment of quality time yeah. built into the quantity of her coming in every night, knowing this is when I can see face to face. Yeah. My parents. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks for uh, reminding Gabe that that time is, is quickly fleeting because, because the reality <laughs> yeah. is it is. I will say this for, for older guys who are, um, you know, they don't have young kids and they're kind of like, oh, I miss that time. I'll, I'll say this. Um, I'd rather you finish well than start well. And, and I, I say that in a kind of a weird way, right? Starting well, right, Gabe, the, the reality, right, for your daughter to sit down at the bed is because she knows, right, that you've demonstrated that you're, you're willing to put the time, you're willing to invest in her. She knows that that's a safe place, right? So the, so the things that you've done, right, have built into her that relationship, yeah. okay? Some, some guys have not done that, and so they have a distance between them and their kids, and they're like, oh, I, you know, I wish I could make that better. And my thing is, then do it. Right. Go sit on their bed. Go sit on their bed. Go go speak to them. Go go to their you know family. I mean you know they maybe you're a grandparent, yeah. right? And, and start pouring into their kids because I'm telling you everybody as a parent um, would love to have grandparents who pour into their kids. Um, you know it's it's interesting. Like you know um, really neither one of my parents um, have a very good relationship with my kids. Um, you know my mom has has never met my kids. Never met them. Right. They, yeah. have, they have no idea who she is. Um, and so it, it's, it's just kind of that concept of, um, you know, at, at whatever point you're listening to this and you're thinking, hey, yeah, I wish things were better. My thing is, OK, then go make them better. Yeah. The only bad thing to do at this point is not close the distance. Amen. It, my wife's older. I can't say her real age because well, I probably won't come back from this podcast. <laughs> but she's still 16 she's year actually old. She's in the parking lot. I can she, see her. Yeah. <laughs> I, I just felt the laser eyes. Oh, she's still 16 year old years old waiting for her father to pay attention to her Amen. versus the one email a year mm. from the Middle East. Like it, it, every girl is always 16 year old waiting for the attention of their father. Amen. Yeah. And that brings into light just this affection, right? It is, uh, is demonstrating, especially with our girls, uh, like what appropriate touches. Yep. Um, I, I mean, one of the things early on, like I, I was, I was, I desired to wrestle. Um, and, and I know that's a very like boy man thing in yeah, me, yeah. but I, like my girls love it. Like, I mean, that's their favorite thing for us to do together. Uh, especially, I mean, me and my 16 year old aren't wrestling anymore because she'd probably hurt me, but, um, but, but like <laughs> it, my, my little ones, like it, that's, that's what they want to do is yeah. they, they, yep. they want that closeness. Oh, yeah. hey, your monkey bars um, that climb all over. Yeah. That's right. Yeah, that's like, right. Um, it's awesome. but also just like, just, um, covering them because that's, that's part of me issuing safety is yes. right. It's like, yes. uh, dad's still the one that I run to if, hmm. if I'm hurt or yeah. if I'm, uh, if in that could be physically or emotionally, right. Uh, he's the one who's got open arms ready for a hug and things like that. And yeah. so, uh, I think affection is a real 
really, really important thing. And that's something I had to train myself to do mm-hmm. uh, because it's not natural. Like I'm not super lovey-dovey and like I would rather like punch you on the arm or smack you on the back because that's how you guys You can come act. over to our house if you want to right? do that. That's, that's how um, our house is. But, but to like run in and open my arms and like hug somebody, that's, that's not really my thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and so to, to like look at that and say, no, no, but that's really important for them to know and understand that this is a place where they can find that affection in a healthy and safe way. Yeah. Really good stuff. Chapter nine's good. Very powerful. Chapter 10, telling your kids what you don't want to tell them. This, this is the sex talk. This is having the talk. This is having the talk. And, but, and but, but that's, that's already done wrong. It's yes, not a talk. It's not a talk. It's, it's, it's a conversation. It's a good conversation yeah. about the glory that God's given into marriage. Start, starts when they're young, right? It, it, about who they are, about who God is, and about um, what intimacy is. Um, Howard Hendricks, he used the line, he says, why should we be ashamed to discuss what God was not ashamed to create? Mm. Puts yeah. it in perspective, right? Um, you know, sex, intimacy, um, you know, is something that God has designed, um, you know, and, 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 and more, more than just for the pleasure of man, right? Yeah. There, there's, there's some really important things. Um, you know, Gabe, you and I just read a book and, and did a podcast um, uh, called Hold On to Your Kids. Yeah. And uh, it's about, you know, attachment parenting and about what happens when uh, kids don't attach to their parents and they attach to their peers. Mm-hmm. And just the power of sexuality as part of that attachment. Uh, and what happens? What happens when, when kids attach sexually to other kids and, they, and then they break up and that, that you know, that that sex that God intended to be a glue, right, gets ripped apart over and over and over again. And eventually they get on to later in life and they want to attach and they want to use. But it's been sex, diluted. Right, but it's been diluted and it's been ripped away. And, and so just. Well, know, and it's not even so a physical act necessarily of sex. It's just the understanding yep. of it. And that's even kind of what yep. he's alluding yep. to here is like we need to be the ones who are our kids have an attachment to yes. in terms of their knowledge and understanding of what sex is yep. and why God created it and gave it to us. Yeah. As a gift, so so they need to see it, yeah, right. Meaning that our kids need to see us, um, you know, uh, treating their mother well, right, and and loving and adoring her and appreciating her, um, and and then we need to be in constant conversation with our kids about what this looks like, and, and especially from a biblical perspective, um, how God has designed this, you know, as a, as a good thing. Yeah, he breaks it down really simply. The premise is you're responsible for teaching them. The policy is get to them before your peers do. Mm-hmm. And then the procedure is prepare for the conversation. Yep. Mm-hmm. So like the, the worst thing in the world is that your, their peers would teach them everything they need to know about sex. Yep. Man, that will value it little. Yeah. And, and the hard part is, you know, this is something that's kind of crazy. We were just down in Austin and, you know, um, when I was down, you know, at law school and I met Tricia, um, one of the things that, that we had a, a you know, a common factor on was, you know, she was going through getting her education degree and they were talking about, you know, um, sexuality in schools. I was actually fighting this non-directive sex education in the Austin school district. Um, and it was funny, non-directive sex education basically is just Planned Parenthood's way of saying, um, how do we teach kids about sex from a world's perspective as opposed to God's? And that is we put a group of people in a room, the teacher becomes a facilitator, right? Not a director, not a person who's giving information, but they just help conversation. And if you think about it, if you have a bunch of peers, right? Let's say a bunch of 16-year-old kids sitting around uh, and you want to talk about sex. Well, who can talk about sex in terms of a bunch of 16-year-old kids? Well, 
it's pretty much only the people who've had sex. Yeah. So if you haven't had sex, you know nothing about it. So you really can't talk about it. So how do you train other peers in it? You share your experiences, right? Your pluses, your minuses, your highs, your lows, you learn, right? And the reality is, is like, you don't know anything about sex if you're 16, right? Just because you've committed a particular act doesn't mean you know anything about God's design for it. Um, and so it, it's, it's an interesting thing. I think, you know, Farrar is trying to tell you, hey, parents, <laughs> right? If they're learning from the world or they're learning from their peers, um, it's, it's, you know, stupid teaching stupid, yeah. right? And you as a, as a father, as a man, need to give them different information and instruction um, on what this looks like. Um, and, it, and it can't just be the whole, um, I guess, dating goodbye concept that as Christian parents, mm-hmm. uh, we tell our kids, hey, this is bad. This is yucky. Save it for marriage and put it away. It's like, no, 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 no. <laughs> that's not going to be super positive, right? You're going to have to teach them and instruct them what it is, why you should wait until marriage to have this, right? Um, you know, I, I mentioned this in, in, you know, Gabe, I think this was one, one we did with you is, you know, uh, when we talked about, you know, dating uh, and we were talking about, you know, guys who say, well, I, I need to have sex with a girl before we get married in a sense to kind of like, you know, make sure she's the right girl. Right. right. And my thing was, it's like, you know, yeah, when you when you want to buy a used car, you probably need to drive it before you buy it. Mm-hmm. I was like, but when you buy a Rolls Royce, you don't need to drive it before you buy it. So if you're going to marry a quality girl, right, you don't have to try it out before you get married. And, and culture's gotten to the point where they validate the biblical view on this already. That's right. The more times a woman has sex with a man before she's married, the less ability she has to actually bond with that man over time. Amen. Uh, it's, it's great to see culture catching up with the yep. Word of God. And the, the earlier you introduce sex into a relationship, the lower the ceiling is for the emotional height yeah. of what that relationship will go. Uh, there's a great book out of a UT professor. I can't remember his name. It's called Cheap, uh, Cheap Sex. Where he talks about... It's not uh, No, it's not. I, I don't remember his name. But it's called Cheap Sex. Okay. UT professor. And he's like, the cost of sex has gotten so low yeah. in culture that we value it so little. So we miss the blessing and the greatness that God has actually put on it in the context of marriage. Yep. Because it used to be the only way you were going to have intercourse was you're going to have to marry a girl. That's right. Right. And nowadays... And, and the, fra- the phrase we had, if you put it before, was called the shotgun wedding. Yeah. Oh, you had sex with my daughter? Well, now you're getting married. Yeah, <laughs> yeah right? we've like, devalued the yeah. act so much and so made much. it so cheap with all yeah. the apps yeah. that, man, yeah. we've devalued marriage with it. Amen. So chapter 10, super important about that, having that conversation. Then he finishes off chapter 11, and basically I, I, he says, start your own nation. Um, I'll, I'll say this. I'm not super fond of the way that this is particularly phrased. Um, my thing of what he's trying to get across is um, who cares what everybody else is doing. Um, you got to do the right thing. Right. So in a sense, he's kind of like, you know, start your own nation. If nobody else is doing it, you know, then, you know, move to Oregon, churn butter and do it yourself. It's like, no, no, no. Here's the deal. You got to do it in the midst of where you are. Um, And even if, even if everybody at your church and even everybody at your Christian school isn't doing this, you have to do it. Like you're responsible for your family. And I think that's, that's the point that he's trying to get across. Um, As you do that, by the way, um, I think, you know, he, he lays out, you'll have influence. 
um, you know, with other people and, and you will create a better society. You'll create a better environment, which I think is fantastic. Um, but at the end of the day, it doesn't even really matter. No, right? I'm responsible for my marriage, my family, my kids, um, the way that we do things according to the word of God. And, and quite frankly, right, Gabe and Mike, if you want to do it differently, well then fine. That you, you do your thing. Now here's the deal as, as brothers in Christ, my job is still be to be accountable to you and to say things, right? But at the end of the day, right? I mean, you know, Gabe, if you don't want to raise your four girls according to God's standard, right? I'm going to be disappointed with you, right? But that that's that's your family, right? I'm responsible for my family, yeah. and that's what he's trying to get across in this last chapter. Is we, you know, as men, we, we're constantly looking at other guys and what they're doing and what they're not doing yeah. and this and that, and, you know, and everything. And I'm just like, you know what? Who cares? That's the point. Yeah, it, Gabe, you'd have a hard time complaining about a girl or a, a, a guy one of your daughters brought home if they if they didn't see a great example in you. And, and my boys would have a hard time yeah. bringing a girl that doesn't li- live to the standard that I treat my wife with. Like every man is a king in his own house, which means I'm responsible yeah. for everything. So it, maybe for me, what I what I took from this chapter is okay, have a plan. Yeah. Like, don't go into it with no plan. Like, no plan is still a plan. It's just a really bad one. Like, have a plan on what being a man of God looks like, what being a husband after falling clo- close after Christ looks like. Yep. And that will produce, hopefully, a legacy in your family that, that will make impact in generations to come. Yeah, it reminds me of uh, Stephen Mansfield's book, uh, Mansfield's book of Manly Men. Uh, and, and one of his maxims is that men tend their field. Yeah. Uh, Wherever they're deployed. Yeah, and that just means in Farrar's book, he talks about your sphere sphere of influence. Uh, And it just made me think, like, this is whatever, by God's grace, that he has allowed you to be uh, over uh, or to be the point man of, Mm -hmm. uh, then you tend it well. And and to your point, Mike, um, you don't have to do everything, but you are responsible to make sure that everything gets done is how uh, Mansfield would put it. Uh, In in that um, everyone's looking at you. Um, you, my, my daughters are looking for and boys that are coming and knocking on the door. Well, do they look and sound and act and treat me the way that my dad does? Um, if they don't, then I, I pray they're not interested in that boy. Uh, but if they do, then I'm happy to entertain uh, that boy knocking on my door. Uh, the same would be true for you, Mike, yeah. or, or Dan, in, in terms of like uh, – your boys will treat their the girls that they are pursuing uh, the way that they see you guys um, pursuing, yeah. continually pursuing, uh, and treating your wife, yeah. their mom. And and honestly, no that's pressure. A, that's a that's a super good point though, because the, the reality is, is I mean, you're raising four daughters, right? I I want four godly girls, right? For for my sons to have somebody's door to knock on. Right. That they have the expectation of, hey, listen, if you're going to go knock on right one of the Boyd girls, you know, doors and and Mm -hmm. you're going to run into Gabe and he's going to have a certain expectation for how you treat his daughter. Right. And here's that helps me as as a dad. Like, good. Yes. But here's the thing, Gabe, you're raising four daughters. So you would love for there to be four men out there raising boys who when we send our boys over to your house that's why i'm on this podcast dan (laughs) that's why i'm on this podcast that's that's what we're doing right because because the reality is when when you know when they they take her to homecoming right or you know they take her out for and you're going okay the expectation is is that you're going to treat my daughter like i would treat my daughter because because that's what she's used to and that's what she right so who's training that boy to do that 
right? When you don't have the four boys that you're raising as well, right? I'm just, you're raising the four girls, Mike, you and I are raising between us, right? Six boys, yeah. six boys that were hopefully transitioning into men training for manhood, right? And, and that's the, that's the reality. That's the yeah. concept that we want. Well, and even more, I would just add to that, that there is an expectation on, uh, from me mm-hmm. in terms of boys. Mm-hmm. Uh, my hope and prayer would be that, uh, my girls would hold to that same expectation um, that that there wouldn't even be the possibility of a young man. I mean, I guess they could always just show up, but I I would think that they would know that they're going to get double decline, not just by me, but also (laughs) by my girls. Right. And that that goes back to really just the whole point of this book of the discipleship nature of, of a a man um, discipling his, or, or being, I guess in this, in this context of this chapter, the, the priest of his own nation, of his home. Yeah. Yeah. So it, it's funny. I'll bring it full circle. So I'm sitting in a room similar to the one we are now mm-hmm. seven years ago, mm. maybe, approximately. And here's Gabe talking about the disciplines of a godly man. And mm-hmm. I'm sitting next to my son, Reed. And here we're working out a definition of what this means to be this man, this point man we're talking about. So I work on this definition with Reed and his two buddies from class. Mm -hmm. And I've worked on it for seven years. And here it is now. So this is full circle. Being a man of God is a daily battle versus passivity in the culture. A man speaks truth. A man serves others. Mm -hmm. A man loves deeply. A man endures joyfully. And a man walks humbly with the Lord. A man is known by his actions. really very familiar. Mm. But no... (laughs) Gabe, a man eschews personal glory. A man honors and follows mm. Christ. A man must lead at home, at work, or wherever he is deployed. A man points others back to Christ. A man is teachable. A man chooses courage over fear. A man is gentle when required. A man speaks for those without a voice, and he admits when he is wrong and seeks forgiveness. Regardless of position or stature, Every man must choose to lead, and every man must choose to be present. If you don't have a vision for what your daughters and sons will be, the world will create it for them. Sure. So right. thanks for uh, – I, I, I copied off your paper for half of that. <laughs> I, I'm happy to do it. I was yeah. happy to do it because uh, it, all it does is benefit me um, and, and hopefully my girls. Yeah. Um, and even, I mean, and the Lord. Yeah, I was going to say, and, and, and ultimately, right? The, the the biggest picture, right, isn't isn't just for our own families, right? And it isn't just for, you know, our nation, right? But it really, is there's the big picture of the, of the kingdom, right? Yeah. That if if we are if we are called by God to be His children, what an incredible opportunity we have to raise the next generation of godly men and women, right? And 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 the reality is, and I've said this a million times, right? The world doesn't need more good boys and girls. The world needs more godly men and women. Yes, and so that—that's ultimately what we want, right? I don't—I don't want to just create, you know, um, you know, my kids who are doing the right thing. I want them to have a passion and love for the Lord, so that they'll do what God has called them to do, even at a cost to themselves, right? And you know, back to your definition of love, right? That's what it is, right? Yeah. It's a commitment, right? That you, God loves you, and He's committed to you, even if it cost Him. He demonstrated that He sent His Son. So how do I do that, right? I love the Lord, and I love others around me, even if it costs me. And and, and here's the deal: we know that it'll cost us, right? L- love doesn't ever come without a price. And it so, wouldn't be worth much if it did. It wouldn't it, exactly, right? So what what do I have to sacrifice to demonstrate my love to my wife? What do I have to sacrifice to demonstrate my love for my kids? And the reality is, is um, ultimately it starts with, and, and for our tell you, this starts with your time and your attention. 
right? You got to spend time with your kids, spend time with your family. Um, and, and, you know, there's going to be sacrifices that you've got to make so that you can do that. Um, and then your attention, right? What are you, what are you spending your time and attention on? Where, right? Where are you investing yourself? And I'm telling you, if you're investing yourself in something other than your family or more important than your family, right? Whatever return on the investment is for something else, it's not as great as the return on the investment of having a legacy mm-hmm. where your kids are walking with the Lord, right? First John, right? You know, four says, right? I, you know, I'd love that I look out and I see my kids walking with the Lord. Right? They're walking Let's expand in that. It's not just our biologicals. No, it's, it's proximity. Proximity. Anybody we know around. how many single moms inside of 500 meters of our house, yeah. how many kids we coach that don't have fathers present. That's right. It's not just the call to our biological. It's the call to where he's deployed us. And, and it's not just kids, right? You and I oh, spend my. time with a bunch of older men, too. Yeah. I mean, you, you, every Saturday you're sitting down with a bunch of old guys opening up the Word of God. Right, because you're playing ball, and then you're spending a couple minutes with them, sharing the word of God. And here's the deal: I don't, if you didn't get it when you're a kid, right? It's not too late. No, it's not too late to get on the right direction. So, point man isn't just for the young man wanting to move in the right direction with his family and with the Lord. It is for every man to say, "Hey, I don't care if you're 50, 60, 70, 80 years old. Here's the deal: if you haven't done this and haven't done this well, get on board and start doing it." And lead. I don't care if you're a grandfather or great grandfather, right? If you're like, hey, I haven't done that, well, then start doing it now, right? And lead people in the right direction from this point forward. Amen. Good Good call to action. Amen. All right. Love you guys. Thank you for listening to Training for Manhood. If you found the conversation to be valuable, make sure to rate us where you listen to podcasts. Also, check out additional content on our website, trainingformanhood.com. That's training, the number four, manhood.com. Until next time, in the words of King David, be strong and show yourself a man.